Scano Segoni, bonjour, quoi, quoi, tansi, and good morning and welcome to Moment of Truth and to Element FM. You're listening in Toronto and Ottawa, in Toronto at 106.5 Element FM, and in, in Ottawa, 95.7 ELMNT FM. And uh, you can also listen on the Radio Player Canada app. Download that app and type in 95.7 ELMNTFM or 106.5 ELMNTFM and listen anywhere across the country on your device. This morning on our show, I'd like to welcome Sherry Miracle to the program in the studio here with me. Segoli, good morning. Sherry, it's great that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and uh, that 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 little little voice that you just heard from Sherry is an indication of the personality that Sherry brings with her. Sherry has been uh, doing uh, acting, singing, performing uh, in and around North America as well as Europe and else other places. She has been involved with numerous programs over her time uh, in, in, as an actor. She has been uh, on Murdoch Mysteries. Perhaps you have seen her there. She's been Moccasin Flats, uh, CBC, well, we'll always have... Toynbee. Toynbee? Toynbee, yeah. And The Road Forward, and uh, she's also done uh, quite a bit in the way of uh, theatre, and uh, it's great that she's here. Uh, most uh, most lately, I think, Sherry uh, has, has taken a step into the... Um, well, I know she's been doing it uh, for a while in the jazz world, but... Um, I think that's kind of, to me, it seems like you're you're getting more into that world and taking more steps into the performance area of jazz. Um, yeah, I came back to jazz after I did uh, some original music. Uh, I started with jazz, veered off to original music, came back to jazz. Um, but lately, to tell you the truth, I've been acting, acting, acting. That's it. Uh, a couple of jazz gigs here and there, but mostly uh, theater, lots of theater, actually. And uh, some television. And um, I wanted to add to my resume, the late, great Blackstone. God, I love doing that mm. show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you also have, uh, in, in terms of acting, you have this new show coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about that. But before okay. we get there, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. for people that don't know uh, who you might be, mm-hmm. can you, uh, I'm curious to know also how you got started. How did you get started? What started first? <clears throat> acting? Music? Um, I got bit by the acting bug at a really, really young age. I was actually going to school on Six Nations, and uh, I was lucky enough to watch the creation story unfold in front of me when I was Mm. in grade seven. Uh, Rosa John and her partner, Melvin John, um, they were doing Sky Woman Falls from the Sky, Mm. and uh, our uh, Haudenosaunee creation story, and I just was so enamored, enthralled, completely taken over by what they were doing in front of me, like feet away. And uh, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. I literally was struck. Um, so I spoke with them afterwards, uh, got an audition for their their children's theater, and uh, yeah, started way back when. And then it was on uh, Spirit Bay, written by Drew Hayden Taylor, a series mm. uh, that was shot in Wiki way long ago, a uh, CBC series. So I did that. It was my first TV thing at 12, I think. Mm. Um, but uh, my parents moved me all over the country. So where we ended up was like Bella Bella, uh, Prince Rupert, not a thriving television and <laughs> theater scene. So um, I had to wait till I went to uh, Vancouver uh, after graduating from high school. I went to theater school in Vancouver at Capilano College and mm. then uh, Spirit Song. And I've been doing it ever since. But uh, yeah, theater is my first passion. Um, it's always been. And uh, yeah, we're doing a show called Too Good to Be True. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, we will. Um, 
Now you said your 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 family moved you all over. Mm-hmm. Why was that? Um, my father was a visual artist. He's passed away. Um, and my mom was a teacher. Is well, uh, she's still alive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's uh, retired now. Um, we moved around a lot. My dad was a really restless soul. Mm. We uh, God, I lived in Cheshire, Labrador, and Valleyview, Alberta, Prince Rupert, mm. uh, Six Nations, Bella Bella. So I know Canada like the back of my hand. Um, but yeah, we moved almost, God, every couple of years as wow. a kid. Yeah, yeah. It was very nomadic. So how do you think that that hampered and helped you? Well, I was always a new kid. It was mm. either sink or swim. So mm. uh, I swam. <laughs> I uh, became quite outgoing at a young age. And um, it was interesting. I mean, we lived on and off reserve my entire life. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm Mohawk from Six Nations and Teyondanega, but we lived in Shashashi, Labrador amongst the Niskapi Montagne people, uh, Bella Bella, the Heltzik people. And uh, I got to know um, very many different nations across Canada. Uh, and also spiritually, I got to know different practices mm. from different cultures across Canada. So, I mean, it's not common for a Mohawk person to smudge, but that's very much part of my uh, routine, my daily routine. Well, mm. not daily, weekly. And um, it uh, it opened my eyes to a lot of different ways of living, urban, non-urban. I mean, I remember some uh, families hiking out from the bush to get water at our house in buckets when I lived in Shoshoshi, Labrador. It was crazy. And then like a year later, we're living in Valley View, the big hubbub of Valley View, Alberta. But uh, I saw a lot of the land. I saw a lot of different people, um, was forced to, uh, I don't know, blend whenever I could. But I mean, I'm a light-skinned Mohawk girl. I'm mixed blood. So uh, there was a lot of uh, politics at a very young age. I remember being made fun of when I was in Shoshoshi, Labrador by a lot of the native women there when I was young. And it uh, it forced me to look at my skin tone and where I might fit in. Uh, and I became an artist and uh, luckily was able to express a lot of those things through my art, a lot of those uh, expressions and investigations through my art. So, I, and I also imagine with that traveling and being exposed to so many different uh, cultural practices and and spiritualities that that also benefited you in your 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 world of acting as well. Yeah, uh, it was a colorful childhood to say the least. I mean, uh, my dad was quite the character, uh, visual artist and sculptor and singer and uh, nomadic and fun and intelligent and very entertaining. Um, but yeah, living all over the place definitely sculpted who I am. Um, and uh, I'm really happy for the experience. I mean, you do, uh, you're forced to adapt, of course, you're, you're a kid, right? Um, there was always like saying goodbye to good friends, making a bunch of new friends, that kind of thing, saying goodbye to pets, you know, that was always heartbreaking because I'm such an animal lover. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was colorful and it forced me to uh, adapt and as I said, sink or swim, like get to know the land that I'm around, get to know the people I'm around, what goes, what doesn't. I remember being like the only mod in uh, Prince Rupert <laughs> as a high school kid. Like, oh, there's a theater kid again. That's the only mod person we have in this town. There she goes. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a very interesting childhood. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Hmm. So uh, after getting bitten by the bug, you mm-hmm. done you did a couple of things. Um, you went went to uh, Capilano College for acting. Is that right? I did. Yeah, I um, I wanted to get into Studio Fifty Eight, and I didn't get in. I was seventeen, and mm. I didn't realize at the time that I was simply too young. 
Um, I ended up going to Capilano College, uh, studied theater history, improv, voice. I loved studying voice. It was amazing. I also took the uh, SFU Voice Intensive, Simon Fraser University Voice Intensive. Um, and I mean, theater school was uh, was a trip. It was like the break you down and investigate everything that made you who you are and all that kind of stuff. A lot of head trips, actually. And uh, I loved it still. I mean, I just loved it. I got the luck of uh, hearing about Spirit Song, Native Indian Theater School. It's a lot like Center for Indigenous Theater School here in Toronto. Uh, but I went there for a year and it was there that I really came to grips with uh, being a First Nations woman in Canada. I was surrounded by Margot Kane and mm. Alana Sabomsuin, or uh, Alanis King, sorry. Uh, th- some of the teachers that I was lucky to meet, Lee Miracle, um, just all these amazing, amazing women, strong mm. theater practitioners at such a young age, Yvette Nolan. I just was surrounded by uh, people who were there to open doors and people who were crashing through these realms that uh, didn't even exist at this point as far as theater goes and being accepted as, as uh, actors who had chops, who could uh, lay... In the same ground as um, as other actors who had studied all over the place. Uh, it, I think it was really hard for some uh, Native actors way back when. Graham Greene, Gary Farmer, Tantu Cardinal, you know. Mm. I looked up to these, Marie Clements, I looked up to these people. And um, they were crashing through doors before we even know knew how to open them, you know. It mm. was uh, an incredible time for me to grow up and discover uh, what Native theater was. And I was lucky enough to... Do lots of Drew Hayden Taylor plays and lots of Marie Clements plays and um, just really hone who I was as a Native actor. It's it's a very different thing than being a non-Native actor, obviously. Mm. Um, my spirituality is very entwined with who I am. My uh, politicisms are very entwined with who I am as a Native actor. Um, it's rich, you know. Uh, it's It's a fight and you get to tell these rich, beautiful stories and help the rest of Canada get a grip on what a Native person is through our work, you know. Can you elaborate at all a little bit more about what you were saying about that time in your life and, and th- that ex- those experiences that, that helped to, to, to uh, form who you are as an Indigenous woman? You, you were saying that that experience and those people helped you. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so growing up um, being a light-skinned Indigenous person in Canada was a tricky thing to navigate. And... Through my work, and in particular through the work that I did with uh, the Turtle Gals uh, mm. here in Toronto with uh, Jenny Lazan, Monique Mojica, Phelan Johnson, uh, Michelle St. John, uh, through my work with those women and investigation about skin tone, literally, and how we're treated and the stories that we have and you know what made up Canada and how we fit into the fabric of Canada and the mosaic of blending... Um, really shaped who I was. And that's, I came to Turtle Gals that I think I was about 26, 27, long time ago, but uh, it really like uh, shaped and broadened my vision and where I wanted to go with my work and go with my art and what I wanted to say to Canada as an indigenous uh, actor and singer. Um, These women are just such incredible storytellers and I've never done anything harder, by the way. Collaborative writing with the Turtle Gals was just so intense and investigative and painful. Um, It's hard to look at all of that stuff. It's hard to look at, you know, 
who you are as an Indigenous person in Canada and realize that your grandparents, both of my grandparents went to residential school and that I'm a product of that, you know, and now with all of the reconciliation happening, uh, there's a lot more uh, investigative probing as an artist that I have done and will still do. Um, but yeah, it definitely shaped who I am. Uh, it's not easy to be First Nations, obviously, in Canada. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of fight. There's a lot of explaining that you have to do to uh, to people all the time in Canada. A lot of people don't know what's going on with First Nations people, and they're unfortunately happy to be ignorant. Uh, and so I think that my work as an Indigenous artist helps uh, confront the ignorance and uh, and helps give face and um, realism to who we are uh, and hopefully understanding and... and uh, and the R word, the reconciliation. So, you said a couple of interesting things there about uh, the willingness or or the the they're they're happy being ignorant, which is an interesting statement to make. Um, but but come see my show. <laughs> but you know the other thing that comes to mind, and I know this is it comes with the territory, and you kind of alluded to this, is that you're you're already uh, by virtue of the fact that you're indigenous and you, and you put that out there, mm-hmm. uh, in a work environment or in any other situation, <laughs> you're, 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 you're expected to be the expert. Yeah. And also, uh, you, you have that responsibility. Yeah. Which is okay. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you're not always in the mood, <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, it's, it's always a shock to me that people don't know about residential school or, mm. You know, the thousands of missing and murdered Indigenous women in Canada. It's mm. always a shock. Mm. But uh, I'm happy to explain. Um, yeah. And hopefully, you know, we can explain in, in colorful ways and storytelling ways that uh, aren't so burdensome to us as artists. You know, you, you just said something else that triggered. Is burdensome a word? Burden, I, we can look it up. It's a word now. <laughs> we could look it up. So, you know, you mentioned something about the missing and murdered women, and, and it's interesting that, in fact, you wrote a song about this, but it wasn't when we knew there was thousands or when... It was 500 yeah, at the time. Yeah, it was 500 at the time. 12 years ago. So that's that's interesting. I know you said it's a, it's a song that you did it's a while It's a shocking back. disgrace, actually. It sure is. So it's an interesting uh, point to make that, mm-hmm. that you know, you, you did this song, and... Uh, you know, if we get time, we'll, we'll perhaps play that later on. Sure, that'd be great. But yeah. um, as a, a reflective piece to uh, to show uh, that story that has not ended and how it's grown. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Sherry, I guess I guess um, in in terms of what you're what you're doing, how you've grown, um, what would you say that was the biggest thing you 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 can take away from your experience thus far in terms of whether it be uh, acting or music, hmm. performance? Um, what can I take away thus far? Just that I'm really uh, lucky as an artist to have such a rich background to draw from. Mm. I mean, I can, rem- I can remember coursing the halls in grade nine in Prince Rupert, not wanting anyone to find out that I was Mohawk. Mm. Um, I saw firsthand within the, a week of being there how racist it was in the hallways uh, for the Heltzik, for the mm. uh, for the Kwakwakiwak, the Kwakutl, all mm. of those beautiful First Nations on the West Coast. Um, and it's been a long journey to become comfortable and to be comfortable in my skin mm. as a Native woman, um, a mixed blood woman. 
Um, so I guess the biggest thing that I can take away from the experiences so far um, are to be really proud of who I am and to be proud of the fact that I can be a teacher through my work and I can provide uh, healing and understanding and all of those beautiful things through my work. Uh, that's a huge gift. Um, it's really shaped who I am, you know, and that's part and parcel with our culture. I've learned a lot, uh, depending on the culture over the years through hardships and that sort of thing. I mean, we're rich. People say, oh, we've lost the culture. No, we haven't. It went underground for a little while. It's still there. (laughs) It's very strong. It's who we are. It'll never go anywhere. Um, but yeah, just, uh, I've encountered a huge sense of pride and strength. Oh my God. Sometimes I feel the grandmother's with me and uh, it's it's a huge sense of pride and strength. Um, come from a long line of really strong women actors in Toronto, all across Canada. I mean, I'm, I'm rich with the friends that have laid the ground, you know, these older women that I mentioned, these senior artists that I mentioned earlier. And I get once again to, uh, to be a part of that at the National Arts Centre uh, coming up August, September. We're going to do the show The Unnatural and Accidental Women by Marie Clements. Mm. And again, shed light on uh, yet another story that happened on the on the west coast of uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women. Mm. That's a whole other can of worms. But mm. um, just really lucky to uh, to be a voice um, and to uh, help shed light on the plight of being First Nations in Canada. Mm. So I had a, I had a thought that it was with me, and now it's escaped me. Well, um, it is. Easter Monday. It is. <laughs> it is that. We have to take a break in a couple of minutes. But um, you, you have also been involved with a, a show, a, a show that you did, and I'm not sure if you're still doing that, uh, Paddle Song, which is a, uh, a one woman show that you did for uh, for quite some time. Yes, uh, Paddle Song, uh, a one woman show. Oh my God, what a huge gift that one was. Mm-hmm. Is a show on Pauline Johnson, the poet from Six Nations. Um, it's been an honor and a huge gift to portray her over the last six years. Yeah, we took the show to uh, parts of it to India. <clears throat> we took it to Norway, all across Canada. Um, the theater festival, oh my God, uh, One Yellow Rabbit Theater Festival in Calgary in January. Um, it's, it's such a gift to do that show and, and explain uh, in yet another way uh a glimpse of what a strong Native woman is in Canada and um, her poetry. Oh, my God, it's just so rich. Mm. It's like stepping into those old moccasins, you know. Every time I do it, it's just more and more rich, and I get more and more understanding from it every time. Um, we just shot a short experimental film on Pauline Johnson mm. uh, at her home mm. on Six Nations at the Chiefswood Museum. Shelley Nero's directing and oh, nice. uh, parts of the script from Paddle Song, written by Tom Hill and Dinah Christie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got one more day of shooting when the weather's warmer. I get to uh, <coughs> test my canoeing skills. <laughs> but, um, yeah, looking forward to Is that. that. On the grand? You see, you said, yeah, yeah, we're actually shooting right on the ground. Yeah. God, I hope I don't capsize. <laughs> it's usually pr- fairly calm. And, yeah, you know, we'll pick a calm day, I hope. <laughs> Please, Shelly, for listening. Um, yeah, so looking forward to doing that. Um, I love that show so much. And just, like, portraying this amazing woman from you know late 1800s Mm. and what she did and uh, the influence that she had on uh, I don't even know are they the baby boomers in Canada Um, when I did the show I had a lot of I guess folks in about their 50s 60s what they're not baby boomers what are they what are we 
Yeah, I guess they are. Like okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that group of uh, audience loved the show, and mm. they uh, so many of them would come up and say, "Hey, I studied her when I was in grade two, You know, <laughs> and uh, what a beautiful soul. I mean, she was yeah. a fighter. Oh my God, trailblazing woman, and her poetry, political then and still political. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. Now even yes. so, Incredible. hold that thought because we're going to come back and talk about that okay. and. Uh, and Diane Christie, I mean, uh, let's talk a little bit about Diane Christie, Christie when we come yep. back. Okay. Right after this break on uh, Moment of Truth and Element FM, we'll be right back with Sherry Miracle. Welcome back to Moment of Truth and Element FM. I'm your host, David Moses. In the studio with us today is Sherry Miracle, actor, singer, and uh, performer. And uh, she is uh, going to be in a performance coming up very soon. But before we get there, just before the break, we were talking about her one-woman show that she uh, she does, a paddle song. Uh, and uh, we also were talking a little bit. I wanted to get to uh, to, to see uh, Diana Christie. Um, are you still in contact with her? Is she I am, yep. Uh, she she's She's great. I mean, she's, she goes on forever. <laughs> uh, she's constantly writing and mm. hosting and still performing and mm. just a wonderful person, yeah. Diana Christie. If you're listening, I love you. Yeah, she's great. She's such a wonderful soul. And um, my God, that woman has spit out, I think, 30 history plays mm. in her lifetime. Just yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, Sherry, I would like to, you mentioned something interesting about loving to do this paddle song, the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. A one-woman performance. So you've been doing it, doing it for six years. At least, yeah. At least maybe six seven. years. So yeah. my question uh, to start with is. Yes, yes. <laughs> How do you perceive that from remembering the first time you did that to now? Oh, wow. It's had so many uh, incarnations. Um, I remember <laughs> we had a 10-day rehearsal period for, for myself to mm. learn uh, an hour of text and song mm. and do it with feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, it was in coincidence with uh, Tom Hill's mm. Faithfully Yours show exhibit mm. at the Woodland Cultural Center way back when. Mm. Uh, so in honor of Pauline Johnson, he put this show together um, and uh, it was a display of, of clothing, of poetry, of things that she owned, um, artifacts, that kind of thing from her lifetime. And then um, people would come in, go through the museum and then come in and see this show. Uh, that we had put together and oh my god it was terrifying (laughs) i got off book uh in 10 days and i think i did the show which is supposed to be an hour and six minutes long in like 58 minutes so it was just like speeding along (laughs) and i do still forget it's a lot of information Mm. Uh, we tell the story from She's okay now. She starts out at uh, the start of the show. Uh, she's passed on and she's in spirit world, but she's speaking from uh, Siwash Rock in uh, BC, mm. Um, mm. right by the seawall there in yeah. Vancouver, uh, where they have Isn't a tribute there's a to plaque her. or something. Too. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I've never seen it. Mm. I've seen it in pictures and I lived there forever. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, the show starts there and then we backtrack to when she was uh, nine to 12 um, on Six Nations writing poetry, meeting all these amazing people because her dad was a chief and her mom was uh, a school teacher. Um, Well, taught her, homeschooled everybody. Um, And we go right through her life to uh, where she got published, to um, finding love, losing love, uh, writing, touring, people she met, uh, meeting the king, um, 
going and then coming back and getting yeah published, uh, performing all over Canada, performing all over the States, Chautauqua Circuit, and then off to uh, British Columbia where she passed away. I um, can't remember what year right now, but of pleurisy. So, I mean, just this, and she died at 52, such an amazing figure and such a packed life. It's all in one hour and six minutes of uh, of the show. It's It just keeps growing. And that's the beauty of doing theater. I mean, you go back to an old show or you go back to a, a role that you haven't touched for a while and it's that much more rich. I swear it stays alive in your body. Even when I'm studying lines for an audition, I'll go to bed not quite knowing the lines, knowing I've got to get up and do more study in the morning. It's there. It's at work in your body. Mm. It's at work in your spirit. It's at work in your psyche. It's at work in your subconscious. I love it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So how much did you know about Pauline Johnson before you started this? Not much at all. I had done a little bit of research when I did uh, the we wrote The Only Good Indian with the Turtle Gals. And uh, she was my designated elder to study and uh, figure to study, Canadian figure. And yeah, I didn't know much about her at all. But I certainly did a lot of research after that. And like I said, the poems, uh, her poems are just so telling. Um, even when I go back to them and revisit them six years later, they're still rich. They're still teaching me. So, yeah, now I know a lot. At first, not much at all. Mm. And you mentioned, uh, obviously, that, that you're from Six Nations. You said you also travel a lot. Uh-huh. How much of your time do you get to spend on the reserve you get to go back? Well, uh, not much lately at all, sadly. I mean, I really even wanted to go to family dinner yesterday because I do the ham. Uh, I don't know how they survived. But um, yeah, I really wanted to go back yesterday. It was an ache. Um, I don't go back very much. I go back maybe once a month right now. Uh, I've been in Toronto for three years. And before that, I was on the res for eight years. Mm. And before that, Toronto for eight years. I seem to move every eight years, not the seven-year itch. It's an eight-year hangover I don't know um, but yeah I don't go back enough and uh, it's crazy everyone gets older but me I don't know how that works <laughs> I love going back though it's such a touchstone you mm. know my body relaxes when I'm on the res I just even right. getting close to it I'm just like ah and night and day and then coming back to Toronto mm. and being around Toronto it's just night and day but uh, yeah shout out to my aunt and uncle there Carol and Bill Paulus and mm-hmm. Myrna Smith, my godmother, and just so many people there that I care about and love who have uh, been with me since I was Jesus. Not since I was Jesus, since I was five <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> I love going back. I don't know enough about my culture, I'll profess. Um, I'm not a longhouse person, uh, but uh, I know it's a beautiful, beautiful culture. And one thing I do want to do in my lifetime is learn my language and oh mm. my god everything's going to change after that yet again mm. mm-hmm. and there's a number of opportunities for the those language uh, I know. skills to, to be uh, I know now there um, is yeah 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 and it's I think it's going through a revival would you say so yeah I think so I mean Which is uh, great. it is it's it is very very good in fact that's something we hope to do here is to bring uh, language <coughs> to the area uh, in me. terms of that uh, language programming Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, both here and in Ottawa, for uh, for whatever the local languages are, awesome. uh, we want to try and bring those to. Uh, That's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's Good something luck. we're 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 working on trying to do. Yeah. So, Sherry, tell me about uh, "Too Good to Be True." Well, <laughs> um, we've been in tech, so I'm here on virtually very, very, very little sleep. Um, oh God, where do I start? Okay. I asked Cliff if he wanted me to say anything in particular, and he said, read the back of the promo card. <laughs> Too Good to Be True is a dark comedy by the sensational young playwright Cliff Cardinal, best known for his en- 
incendiary show Huff. Too Good tells the story of a wildly inventive vigilante on the lam with her teenage children. That's me. As the police close in, she borrows an empty house and holds a last supper with her poetic son and pregnant daughter. This is like three lines from the show. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Oh. Can we do this together? Yes, sure. Okay, you, you, you have to play baby. Baby and honey. Honey's right? a girl, and oh, I'll okay. play Maria the mom, okay. which is what I play in the show. Okay, go. Mom, you left us here at the ho- motel. Do you want to take that again? Sure. It's motel, not hotel. Yeah. Okay. Take two. <laughs> you to go. Correct me, didn't you? Go. Mom, you left us here at the motel for three days. Well, I'm not perfect. Wow. Thank you. Nice, Thank you. nice. Just That's throw money. Great. <laughs> uh, produced by Video Cabaret, lighting NSM, Andrew Dollar. This guy's amazing. He's doing nine jobs at once. Costume, Sage Paul. I've never felt more comfortable in a costume. Mm. Sage Paul, you're amazing. Uh, ASM, Joanne Rumstein Ellis. I hope I didn't pronounce that incorrectly. Wigs, Alice Norton. She's a wizard. Uh, props, Brad Harley. Uh, also a wizard. Sound, Richard Farron, another wizard. Associate producer, Maggie Gilmore, another wizard. Um, and, um, oh my God, this show. Can I, can I talk about it now? Are we going yeah, there please. now? Okay. So, <clears throat> it's a brand new show. Can I just say, there's a lot of wizards involved with this show. Yes, has nothing to do with the magic. <laughs> um, it's an amazing show. Cliff's an amazing writer. Uh, Cliff Cardinal, Tantu Cardinal's son, mm. uh, <clears throat> is just this brilliant writer, and he's so edgy and uh, political and, and all those good things that you hope theater will be. Um, it's a fantastic show. It's black box theater. Uh, it's video cabaret's known style. And, oh, my God, I thought I had learned a lot. <laughs> it's humbling to learn a new form of theater mm. when you've been doing theater forever. But it, I love it. It's juicy. There's so many uh, new story elements just from a tilt of the chin to catch that little bit of light to putting mm. your chin down and putting your forehead into the light to cast a mm. shadow for that one moment, for that one word and that mm. one line. Like it's just cool. so, so wow. uh, detailed. And so very visual. As it well. is. It's yeah. just a gorgeous piece of theater. And, um, you know, just the makeup is enhanced and mm. big and exaggerated. Mm. And this, the characters are exaggerated. My mm. wig is huge. It's great. It's like Peg Bundy meets Jersey Shore. Mm. It's this amazing vigilante chick. Right. And she's just gutsy, but sweet and so human and, and so fragile. Yeah. Okay. That, uh-huh. that sounds very cool. Yeah, so we open um, do, 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 April 27, and we preview, for all of you that want to come and check out some juicy theater, uh, April 24, 25, 26, and then we run until May 19. Tickets are $20, $25, $30, and $40. You can book online at Brown Paper Tickets, www.brownpapertickets.ca uh, forward slash. Uh, for more information, call 416-703-1725, videocab.com. <laughs> Let's listen I'm to my not. music now. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a great show. I'm loving it. It's We're all working so hard, mm. and uh, it's a brand new show. Um, <clears throat> with brand new shows, it's always interesting because things will change right up until tech. Mm. So yesterday, we blasted a scene wide open and rearranged the blocking, and uh, it's that much more accessible mm. and the characters are that much more visible and mm. it's it's amazing um and these changes and tweaks and cuts and additions and uh eliminations keep happening <laughs> so it's mm. kind of scary but um 
it's it's a wonderful piece of theater. Cliff is such an amazing writer, and my co-stars Patty Shaughnessy and Ryan Cunningham are so 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 tal- talented. Um, they've both been uh, working at theater for a long, long time. And it's so funny being an actor in Canada, too. It's like you're an actor slash producer slash writer slash singer slash figure skater. You know, it's just like everyone does nine things in Canada to pay the rent in Toronto. I didn't know Uh, you could figure skate. I used to. I got to novice, too. Well, that sounds very exciting. Yeah. And uh, do you want to give out those dates again? And sure. And people can find uh, Sure, yes. Uh, okay, so it's Video Cabaret Presents, Too Good to Be True, written and directed by Cliff Cardinal, starring Sherry Miracle, that's me, Ryan Cunningham, <laughs> Patty Shaughnessy, uh, opening April 27 and previewing 24, 25, 26 of April. And closing May 19. Get your tickets, folks. Uh, the shows are at 7.30 every night. And uh, we are at a brand new theater for Video Cabaret at 10 Busy Street. Yep. It's at Queen East and Logan. Tons of parking around there. Easy access. Lots of restaurants. Um, right behind Valley Village. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a brand new theater. It's a brand new show. And it's a brand new space. And it's a brand new season for them. So... Also, you can get tickets at uh, Brown Paper Tickets, www.brownpapertickets.ca forward slash. Tickets, 416-703-1725. Is there any, uh, do you know after the run is finished, uh, what might happen? Is this maybe slated to go on the road or be taken anywhere We shall see. We shall see. It's uh, it's a very smart piece of theater. Mm. Um, I think it has a very long life, Mm -hmm. but theater's full of surprises. You never know. It's nothing I've ever done before. It's mm. uh, black box theater, uh, larger than life performances, crazy characters, really fun stories, smart writing, amazing actors. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's got it's got all the right elements mm. to have a long life. Mm. So we'll see. Great. Well, yeah. best of luck with that. We Thank wish you, you all the very best much. And congratulations on it as well. Thank you. I have um, one day off to study more lines yeah. and uh, back at it tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So um, y- the other thing, the other side of, of what you do, uh, one of the other things that you do is, is music. And I'm, I'm interested in how you ended up in jazz. Hmm. Um, well, it's a really simple answer. I just love it. Uh, I was a bit of a dramatic teenager. And I got into uh, Billie Holiday mm. and Ella Fitzgerald and Nina Simone and mm. all these gals. Mm. Uh, when I was like 16 and, um, I just love the drama of jazz, the, you know, the idea of singing in a dark back smoky, well, nobody smokes anymore in bars, but yeah, no, what I mean. <laughs> um, and yeah, just the, uh, the elements that are involved, the piano, the stand up bass, the, yeah. the snare drum, the, and, the and the djembe too. Secondhand smoke. Yeah, yeah, breathing in all that secondhand smoke, so you have a nice raspy voice, like I sound now, vocal fry. Um, yeah, just the storytelling element of jazz, and just the moodiness of it, the mm. drama of it. I love that the storytelling. It's I love the torch tunes, you know, mm. the he done me wrong, those ones. <laughs> well, you, you've mentioned uh, a few very strong uh, women in that category that uh, that certainly brought their own unique style and uh, and recognizable. Uh, pattern to the jazz format. Mm-hmm. So, uh, where do you see yourself going with that? In terms of, do you? Um, do you... I just want to keep singing. Mm-hmm. I don't have any um, dreams of uh, going to LA or anything like that. <laughs> I just love uh, getting 
better at what I do as the years go by. Um, I'll never quit being an actor or being a singer. And uh, I like to keep training. I like to keep studying. Uh, I like to keep brushing up on things, learning new things, I like to challenge myself. So we'll see. I mean, I just want to get better and better at what I do. The storytelling element of uh, jazz singing is delicious. And uh, I want to keep doing it. I want to do another album. Um, yeah, and just get better and better at what I do. You have a new album. Define new. It's uh, <laughs> a couple years old. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ache of Love. Right. And uh, there's seven covers and three uh, written originals. Mm. Um, love it. I love that album. I and feel you, like a nerd, yeah. though. Sometimes I'll be listening to it in my car. I'm like, I'm driving around in my car listening to my own album. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get tired of it. I love it. <laughs> and, and you have some, some good players, some strong players. Oh, my God, yeah. Them. These guys, we've been playing together for... Psh, 12, 14 years, somewhere in there. Mm. Um, yeah, Walter McLean on drums, Brendan Pelche on piano. He's from Wiki. He's great. Mm. Uh, Dave Deleary used to play with us mm. from Walpole Island. Um, Mark Marlanen produces everything that I do. Uh, used to be in the band when it was Sherry Miracle and the Showbiz Indians way back when. Um, bass players, uh, James McClenley, just uh, there's always new bass players kind of coming and going. But the three mainstays are, are Walter, myself, and uh, Brendan Pelche. You know, if we can expand on that, it's it's interesting to see other indigenous women also mm-hmm. getting into the jazz mm-hmm. fold. Uh, well, it's like we have permission to come out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole bunch of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one in particular that I love and love to, to listen to still is Jani Lazan. My mm. God, she's so incredible. We just had her on the show. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Her jazz and her blues and oh my God, she just kills it. That That voice, that spirit. She's amazing. Her writing. Oh my God. And and you've done a couple of shows in that area with uh, with Brian Wright McLeod over yes. the last number yep. of years. Yep. Um, yeah, over the last couple of years. Uh, the last two were at, um, ooh, what's that? Lula, uh, Lula Lounge. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you filmed that one. Yeah, yeah. The last one. Um, lovely venue. Amazing show. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun to have uh, all these First Nations Indigenous jazz singers coming out of the woodwork. We're here. <laughs> and and I know that, that people can, can hear this in, in Sherry's voice, but, but Sherry has a, a wonderful, playful, uh, a very, uh, very quick uh, a sense of humor that she, is, that she transports very well onto the stage when she's doing a live performance. And it makes, it makes that performance all that much more endearing to watch you perform. And, oh, and thank that, you. Uh, that quick wit that you bring with you, <laughs> as you do even here in the show. <laughs> yeah, it's part of uh, what we do. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great to uh, to be able to bring humor to frickin' everything. You know, that's how so many so many of our elders say that's how we've survived, and it's mm. it's true. Mm. I mean, why scowl and worry when you can laugh? You right. know, and uh, enjoy your day and enjoy being alive and enjoy creation and, and all those good things. Um, yeah, I'm I'm lucky to do what I do. Uh, I'm lucky to be an actor in Canada. Um, it's not so fun when you're out of work, but uh, just to keep going and, and keep adding to the resume and keep learning and building those rich relationships with, with other performers and, you know, and humbling yourself to keep learning. I mean, it's harder when you get older. <laughs> but to keep learning and keep doing what I do is just a huge, huge, huge gift. You mentioned a couple of things there that I'd like to come back to. One is uh, you've talked about studying. You've talked about uh, not so much fun when you're out of work. 
those kind of things. And you talked about growing and continuing to learn. Uh, I'd like to, to talk about those things. But before we do that, Cherry, yes, we do have to take a pause. Oh. So we will take this pause on Element FM and Moment of Truth, and we will be back after this with more. Uh, actually, when we come back after this break, how will we go to your song? Okay. Would you mind doing that? I don't mind that at all. Great. So we're going to hear from Sherry's, uh, an, an earlier song that Sherry did on a s- very serious topic, and that is uh, Missing and Murdered Women. And um, it's a, a song that uh, she performs. You wanna, you wanna, it's just you and a hand drum, is it not? Yeah, it's myself and a hand drum and uh, my sister, Sheila Miracle, mm. exquisite singer, extraordinaire, uh, doing harmonies in the background. Um, and Janie Lazon actually did some harmonies in that one as well. Uh, yeah, it's a song that uh, was inspired by, unfortunately, um, the many missing and murdered Indigenous women in Canada. At the time that I wrote it, there was 500, and now there's the number, I think it's like 2,800 known, and who knows how many unknown. Um, my heart goes out to the families that have lost our sisters. Um, yeah, so it's a song that I worked really hard on and, uh, and I love, I, I always, it's, it's called 500 stars and I think they're with us and they are stars in the sky looking down and, and dancing up there and, uh, continuing on in spirit world, but, uh, tragedy, huge tragedy. So many people don't know about it. So many Native women uh, families have not seen justice, and uh, it's uh, it's heartbreaking to say the least, but that's what that song is about. I wanted to give voice to the women as best I could. I actually went and saw um, an elder about it and said, is it okay mm. that I write this? Mm-hmm. Is it okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he actually went somewhere and drummed and got in touch with the spirits and came back to me and said, you have to feast the song once a year, and mm. yes, it's okay. Mm. Appreciate you sharing that. And uh, we're going to share the song with uh, everyone right after this break on Moment of Truth and Element FM. That was Sherry Miracle with 500 Stars. And as you heard just before the break, uh, Sherry wrote that song to, and she asked permission to write that song. And, And I wanted to come back to that, Sherry, because I think that's an interesting point you raised that we... We do this at powwows. We do it at different places where we see, uh, we ask people to respect, you know, certain songs that don't get videotaped or remove your hats uh, for honor songs and those kind of things at, at these public events. But it, I, I think, you know, people, when they hear a song like that, they might think, oh, that's a song. But it's not just a song. It's a song that, as you pointed out, had to have permission. It's a song that had to have a feast. And it, it's interesting because we as Indigenous people, that's another element that we, we bring into whatever we do. And it's, a, it's one of those hidden things people don't know about. They don't right. necessarily always know that these things are going on or that this has happened. Yeah. And they don't know the reasons why, you know, in many cases. They don't know why do I have to remove my hat or why do I have to stand or why can't I videotape this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that's an interesting thing that we do and we know we have to do. And it's part of the culture that, that by and large, hopefully at some point will be recognized. But... You know what I'm trying to say. There. Yeah, it's it's paying homage. It's giving respect. It's uh, acknowledging. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are great hosts. We mm-hmm. hosted people from other nations. They hosted us. We are great hosts. We're very gracious host 
worthy people. I mean, this is this is part of our culture. It's part of who we are. Uh, we feast. We recognize. We pay respect to. Um, and it's who we are. I mean, it's it's a wonderful quality. I mean, to celebrate and stop everything mm-hmm. and make time to uh, respect. I, I guess the the other thing that I was trying to say there was that just like you did, if you had been told, "No, you can't do this," then that song would not have been made. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that it that, was already made. It wouldn't have been sung. Yeah, yeah, it would have. You know, right. lived in the bottom of my songbook yes. somewhere. Yes, and shelf, that's what's interesting, dusty. I guess. Just because, just because you can doesn't mean you always should. Right. And and I guess that's the thing that we do, uh, and sometimes happens when things are either either culturally or or politically or yeah. or things that are happening. You know, you know, why are you not talking about this? Well, because sometimes they just shouldn't be given voice to. It's, yeah, it's a, you know. uh, yeah, and um, I did the same thing with uh, <clears throat> with Pauline Johnson um, and other practices in in my past theater lives. Um, is it okay to mm-hmm. give voice to? And who do you ask? Mm-hmm. You know, you you literally have to ask the spirits. Mm. I remember doing the Pauline Johnson and and wondering for years if it was okay that I was being her mm. you know and uh wondering if if she, if we were doing justice to her and her legacy and uh whether it was okay with her spirit that we were you know writing all these words about what mm. we supposed went on in her mind mm. um and it was the same thing well similar thing with with writing 500 stars like i Grew to be self-conscious about it. Um, I remember singing it firstly with uh, a couple of Mohawk women, uh, Elizabeth Hill, who I love mm. from Six Nations. Mm-hmm. You know, one of our bright, we play bright, her bright. Songs oh, her she's so amazing. Yeah. Her songwriting and her gift, her voice is so so great. Um, I remember asking her and bawling every time I sang the song. When mm. I first, I couldn't get through it without bawling my face off. And uh, asking her if she thought it was okay. And she may have even given me the uh, the impetus to mm. go and ask. And so I did. I went and visited an elder and I said, I've written this song about our missing and murdered women. It's heavy, you know. Is mm. it okay with the spirits that I do it, mm. you know? Who am I to give voice? Who am I to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and sure enough, uh, he said, yes, it's okay. The spirits said it's okay just to... Um, Sorry, I'm so sniffly. To uh, to pay homage by giving uh, those women and those spirits voice and a feast every year, and to put the food from the feast in moving water, so it has to be mm. a river. Mm. Yeah, so that flows. It's pretty wild. And and you know it's it's unfortunate that the numbers have grown exponentially since you wrote that song. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. <laughs> It's a shame on Canada. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I always say, if it was that many white women, we would see justice. Mm. That's truth. That's the name of the show, right? There, there are. Yeah, absolutely is. And yeah. uh, it's, it's also, it, it's not the only issue where we haven't seen movement uh, in terms of indigenous issues. As we know. Yeah. Look at what happened recently. Uh, yes. Uh, and... The, Gitsan with Tutan people, you know, being dragged from their homes by police mm. over what? Pipeline. 
mm. money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy that this is happening in 2019. You know, RCMP going into uh, First Nations homes and dragging them out. Mm. What the hell? <laughs> What's going on? Hello. Mm-hmm. You know, it's unfathomable and yet keeps happening. Yes. Yeah. There's two different justices going on in Canada. We have a different one. Yeah. That's As First Nations true. people. Yeah. But we must, uh, and we do just keep going. And we try of to course. The... I mean, what are we supposed to do? Right. <laughs> of course we keep going. I remember Carla Robinson saying that all the First Nations folks that are alive are super Indians because we survived <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah, of course we keep going, you know, and that's part of our spirit. I mean, you laugh, you carry on, you keep walking. That's what we do. So I'd like to ask you uh, in that regard, in looking forward and the youth and um, what you would share either about your career or about um, you would you would say to some uh, young and upcoming people that are either in music or performing? Don't be late. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> the late, great August Schellenberg, Schellenberg said that to right. uh, Glenn Gold. Mm. Always be 15 minutes early. Don't be late. Right. People think, oh, you know, eh, phone in sick. No, that does not happen in theater, in actor world. You get fired because there's 20 behind you that will take that job easily. Never be late. Never, ever. I mean, I'm on to talk a cruise in two minutes too, but I'm not late. You know, Mm. Um, work hard, pay attention, be aware of when you're in the company of someone amazing who's done a lot, just be quiet and learn, mm. you know, don't add your two cents because <laughs> yeah. you don't have it to add yet. <laughs> um, yeah, learn learn who came before you, learn what they did. I mean, I remember when I first came to Native Earth Performing Arts and I was, well, I like to think I was quiet. I've never been quiet. Uh, but just like to really like pay homage and respect to who came before me, you know, um, the Spider Women Theater Company, mm. like these, these, like Margot Kane, Tantu Cardinal, these amazing, um, groundbreaking women, uh, artists. And yeah, just to learn, to learn from those people. And don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. It's bubbling inside you. You're going to do it no matter what. So do it well. Have fun doing it. Mm. Do it to the best of your knowledge. Mm. Uh, keep studying. Don't, don't get comfortable. Mm. You know, always learn, keep learning. I mean, you have no choice. You're you're learning new scripts and new lines and, you know, lines for auditions and stuff all the time. But yeah, open your mind to uh, different forms of theater. I had the, the great luxury of studying Commedia dell'arte in the last year. Mm. And I love it. Mask is so mm. incredible. Mm. It's such, such a un- unforgiving art form. And then again, now with Black Box Theater, which leads me to wanting to learn clown. You know, it's mm. just, there's so many facets of storytelling sure. within theater. It's just beautiful. Right. And the voice and the body. And as you get older, to find ways to do your craft without harming your tool, without harming your body, mm. you know, study the Alexander technique. So you're not going to tweak your knee doing that one move on stage, you know, like just take care of your body and that, that kind of thing. Like I love... I love the theater world because beginning, middle, and end, like it's just going into the first day. Like I just love the whole process, going into the dark theater, getting on stage, uh, starting with the blocking, learning the lines, developing relationships, developing friendships. 
and um, the br- when you get your breaks. Like, I love the whole thing, you know, um, eating really well, you know. I'm so sick of tuna salad, though, I have to say. <laughs> I really need to change it up. But just taking care of yourself and uh, making sure that you're in good form to tell that story to the best of your ability and having respect for the craft and respect for the story and your fellow storytellers um, just to really, uh, yeah, do it with respect. And what would you say to the the, the young uh, uh, di- idealistic thinkers that are coming in that want to do, um, uh, you know, do 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 uh, whatever it is that they really, really strive to do in terms of, you know, whether it be Shakespeare or whatever it might be that, that they want to perform? And and that is you mentioned having an open mind, I think. And, and the point I'm trying to get to is that you're never going to do 100 percent of what you want to do. You have to take other things. Totally. I mean, if someone told me I would be doing what I'm doing now, uh, it's crazy sometimes. You know, you do get down at times in the work. You do get down at times in the craft. And, you know, that's when I talk to my ma and she goes, you've done so much. Mm. I'm like, I haven't done nearly what I wanted to Mm. by this time. You know, and there's mm-hmm. always that. Yeah. There's always that that inner pressure to keep learning and keep striving and keep going. And it's just a passion you have to to tell stories as a storyteller and, and do it really well. Um, yeah. There's always more learning and there's always, I don't know, I think by nature, artists are supremely hard on themselves. I mean, we are our own worst critics, you know. Mm. It's just mm-hmm. an insane voice that's like, you know, it it boosts you if you can learn to harness it and let it move you, but sometimes it can be really debilitating, you know, mm-hmm. the the inner voice, the judge, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. So anyway, what I would say, follow your passion. I mean, there's nothing wrong with studying a zillion things in your lifetime. Why not? Everything adds to what you're doing. Everything adds to your person. I believe. Thank you, Sherry. That's a great way to end the program. Oh. We have run out of time, so I want to say, uh, Nyawa. And uh, miigwech for you coming in today and sharing your thoughts and sharing what you're doing and your upcoming performance of uh, Too Good to Be True uh, within the next week. And uh, we look forward to seeing that. That looks like that sounds like a great It is going to be a fantastic show. Yeah. Please come and see Too Good to Be True by Cliff Cardinal, uh, produced by Video Cabaret Theatre. All right. Good way to end the show. Nyawagoa, much appreciated. Listen next time. Nyawagoa, thank you so much for having me.